0: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Tuesday, March 19th. We are a week, week, well when you listen to this and it's launched, we will be a week removed from the... uh, the beginning of the new league year, uh, free agency has dropped, and people are signed, and it's it's all official now. Yeah. Everything is official Everybody was now.
0: getting lit on Twitter the past week, but <laughs> everyone was like,
1: yeah, let's go! Let's sign everyone!
0: Their hands are sweating. Yeah. <laughs> is my team going to trade for Odell? Mike Mayak was like, what is money? And just signed everyone. <laughs> 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 he tweets out, what is money? Breaking news, Antonio <laughs> Brown has been traded to the Oakland Raiders. It's true. Uh, we
1: got a great show for you today. Uh, it's been a busy week and a half. Uh, a lot of players have signed. A lot A lot of players have signed uh, defensive, defensively, offensively, and then on the uh, big fat O-line. Um, so a lot of moves have made waves around the league. Um, this episode of the Fantasy Champions podcast, we will discuss free agency and all the fantasy effects of what happened. Uh, so it should be an exciting show. Uh, we are taking a break from the series All That Glitters to give you this mm. uh, news breaking experience. We had to pop
0: in a yeah, we had to pop in a free, free agency, agency show.
1: Um, we did uh, record a whole hour, worth yeah, of an content. entire
0: podcast actually,
1: <laughs> entire podcast uh, just about free agency, and it kind of. Kind of just wasn't our night, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, we took an L, <laughs> I took so. a bad one.
1: Uh, but uh, make sure to listen. I mean, uh, to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like us on Facebook, uh, subscribe wherever you listen, uh, leave a review, and share this podcast with your friends. Yeah, I mean, you should probably listen to it too, considering. Yeah, you. you know, I mean, you're already I, here. I suggest you already hear you since might as you well clicked it. on it.
0: Yeah, or you touched it. Like
1: you should probably finish just, this stupid. Why don't, why don't you
0: just listen? <laughs>
1: So uh, let's go over some news and notes from around the league this week. Um, Tyreek Hill, it came out that he was, I guess, uh, beating his children, similar to wow. uh, Adrian Peterson, yeah, in, in a not-so-frank way. Uh, and apparently his uh, wife is also involved in this, or not wife, fiance is involved in this uh, whole proceeding. Yeah. Um, people are not sure. There's investigation, and one one police report said that uh, he hit his child, and he broke his collarbone, and then the other police report said it was his wife or a fiancé. And so no one knows what really happened. The league is doing an investigation. Yep. Uh, and what's interesting about this whole thing is that Tyreek Hill already has a prior history with abuse, and uh, he, it happened in college. And because of the look-back rule or policy in the NFL – uh they always look at what happened with that person in the past. So yeah. if if they find out he uh he ended up you know hitting somebody in the past, they look at that and they account it for this particular season uh and they say, "All right, well, if he beat that person in the past and he's doing this now, he's going to be banned from the NFL for life because it's a second occurrence." Um so which would be absolutely it, insane. It would be absolutely insane. Uh so he would not be suspended, he would be banned because of that. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, it could just be his fiance
0: hitting his child. Which <laughs> which would mean that he plays game one. In that case, yeah. um, the Hill family should probably uh <laughs> get some counseling. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Figure yourselves out. Uh yeah. I mean
1: it would be so devastating. It would be so devastating to uh Tyreek Hill. Uh, i mean to the Kansas City Chiefs if Tyreek Hill was to completely good game his entire career <laughs> get suspended yeah uh and if he was if he was banned from the NFL the Chiefs would be toast um
0: oh yeah especially Mahomes
1: yeah it would be RIP
0: Mahomes <laughs> RIP
1: Mahomes uh yeah it would be a big problem i i i literally have said to, said this to you before i haven't been the biggest believer in Patrick Mahomes in the past Uh, Mm -hmm. and obviously I'm a believer now. Yeah, But Patrick Mahomes, I believe, has relied on his talent and the weapons around him to be as big a success as he has been in the past. Um, And so for me, losing Kareem Hunt and then losing
0: Tyreek Hill would be a huge hit for Patrick Mahomes. Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, I've said this to you before, but if Mahomes – I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers – you know Devonte Adams is the only guy and you could tell I mean he struggled last year. Yeah. Tom Brady in the past has had seasons where he had just Aaron Dobson and Kemaral Tompkins and right. people were like oh it's the end of Tom Brady. Well no he had two awful receivers as one and two guys. Yeah. Um obviously weapons do help you as a quarterback no matter how good you are. Yeah. So losing Tyreek Hill would be awful. I know everyone in Kansas City is going through the next few weeks sweating like crazy and <laughs> yeah, shaking They're like, Hey, you know, the the dog meme. That's like the dog is sitting in the fire. You know what I'm talking about? The yeah. fiery building. And it's like, yeah. everything is fine. That's chiefs fans right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, everything could, could be fine. Suspended for life. Yeah. Or, or that. So, uh, um,
1: uh, yeah, I, I think it would be a huge hit. Uh, I, I said this oh, to you. Absolutely. I said this to you before as well for, uh, you know, when they lost Kareem hunt in week 12 or 13, um, it really affected Mahomes statistically mm. because early in the season he was averaging like three to four touchdowns Ridiculous. a game, yeah. and after that it was like two and two fifty. So he kind of looked a little more pedestrian, you know, if you want to say that he was still a top five, top six quarterback in in fantasy, but he was. He took a statistical hit just by not having to, uh, Kareem, Kareem Hunt. On. Yeah. So now losing Tyreek Hill, possibly on a suspension or getting—I don't think they're going to suspend him, for, you know, ban him for life. But if they were to lose him permanently, it would be all on Mahomes, really, and the main target would be t- Travis Kelsey. But when you only have one target, we've seen how well that works for you know Tom you need, Brady. Yeah, you need help. So you need you need help around you. Tyreek Hill. It's unfortunate news that this this keeps happening. I don't know if it's the Chiefs. It's not the Chiefs. It's not the Chiefs with the problem. It's an NFL thing. It's an NFL thing. But the Chiefs have so many bad players. Imagine
0: the Chiefs locker room beginning of last year. Oh, my God. With Kelsey's a tool bag. Tyreek Hill is obviously maybe not the best human in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Cream Hunt is Cream Hunt. Yeah. That locker room must have been kind of scary. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: But... It's sad news about Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, you obviously want to see a talent like that play in the league, just like Kareem Hunt. Um, and they make stupid life choices. Uh so speaking of Kareem Hunt, he has been suspended eight games for his uh mm-hmm. violating the league policies mm-hmm. and um uh, the video that was released by TMZ. Uh so Kareem Hunt has to serve an eight game suspension. Uh what does this mean for the Cleveland Browns and Nicholas Chubb?
0: Um I honestly don't mind it still. I yeah. thought the suspension was going to be a little bit more. I kind of thought it was going to be like 10 games, but 8 games isn't bad. Yeah. Um I still I really don't mind it because I think Chubb is going to be the guy even when Hunt comes back. Yeah. This just gives Chubb kind of an opportunity to show that he can you know, play in third down rules and passing rules, be able to yeah. catch the ball and not just run the ball. And when Hunt does come back, he obviously has eight weeks to kind of get back into the offense. And I think that offense is going to be insanely good. Yeah. So, from a fantasy perspective, I could still see Chubb being very successful even when Hunt comes back.
1: Yeah. As far as. It's interesting because Kareem, Kareem Hunt, I, I'm not really sure how they, the Cleveland Browns are going to use him next year. Um, and I've said, this, I've said this to you before is in context of the preseason. Obviously, there's not too much of the preseason that people want to watch. <laughs> yeah, but there's the a time, lot of
0: preseason that you don't want to watch.
1: <laughs> the time that you want to watch the preseason is, is mostly games one and three because you get a lot of the starting offenses in those games. And you're going to see... I don't care how the Chiefs not the Chiefs. I don't care how the Cleveland Browns play in those games in the preseason because it doesn't matter ultimately. Right. If they play really well great if they don't it doesn't matter. Uh, I want to see how they use Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in a scheme. Are they using, you know, Kareem Hunt through the air a ridiculous amount because Nick Chubb can't catch or mm-hmm. is Nick Chubb the guy and you know that and you're only seeing, you know, Kareem Hunt come out on third downs. So Watching the preseason is going to be key to figuring out... You know, It sounds stupid because a lot of people are like, oh, preseason sucks. Watching <laughs> the preseason even sounds gross coming out of my mouth. But watching some of the preseason games to figure out what the, what the Browns might do scheme-wise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's the only look you're going to
0: get before the season starts. But don't, um, don't overreact to if Hunt does get a decent amount of carries oh, in the yeah. preseason just yeah. because of the fact that they might be trying to acclimate him into the offense. Big
1: time. Uh, but the one thing I do note, is that a lot of people are panicking on Nick
0: Chubb? They're like, oh my God, I need to get rid of Nick Chubb. I can't draft him this year. I get I gotta dude, I gotta move on. Kareem Hunt is 20 times the running back Nick Chubb is. Okay, I've said that before, but <laughs> 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 I don't believe it. No. Exact quote.
1: No uh, yeah. <laughs> uh but no, so for me, what I'm doing in twenty nineteen is I'm drafting Nick Chubb. Second, third round. If he's on the board and he's at the pick I like, I'm gonna draft Nick Chubb. I'm going to use him for eight weeks because eight weeks is the most – it's like like if you have a 12- to 13-week fantasy season, that's like mm-hmm. three-quarters of your season. And you have, to, you have to make the playoffs, right? So drafting, yeah. drafting Nick Chubb, having him be the number one guy for eight weeks in the season, letting him be a beast, and then around week six dealing him if he's, if he's like really, really good because he could also bust next year. That's a very real possibility. But if he ends up being a beast – then you sell him to some unsuspecting suitor and uh, and saying, hey, take this guy, he's being really good, and then get something for him in return. That would be my plan mm-hmm. going into 2019. Instead of running away from Nick Chubb, you embrace him wholeheartedly and then cut him off your team in the future. Now,
0: and if you're in a league like us where everybody's extremely smart and they probably wouldn't <laughs> fall for that, I'd still I'd still draft Nick Chubb and kind yeah. of ride it out with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kareem Hunt
1: also uh, is a guy that has kind of been interesting. I love him, and I think he uh, is a guy I, I would love to have him on my team. But he's not worth the eight weeks, especially if he's going to be a backup. Like, if he's oh, suspended fantasy-wise, yeah. fantasy-wise. Like, if it was a four-game suspension... Then it would be worth, you know, taking taking him and, and putting him on your team. But right now, if you draft Kareem Hunt and you hold him for, for eight weeks, and then he comes out and he sucks, it was a complete waste of a bench spot. And I think when you're talking about redraft leagues where bench spots are so uh, few and far between and you have to fill your roster with as many great players as you can, keeping a guy like Kareem Hunt on your roster is gonna be a complete waste of time. Yeah, honestly. Uh, so I'm not I'm not really into the Kareem Hunt deal. Uh, In other news, we had Ryan Fitzmagic signed with the Dolphins because they traded Ryan Tannehill uh, to
0: Tennessee uh, Titans.
1: Tennessee Titans, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking at my notes, and I'm like, I didn't write it down. Yeah, I I, I knew that in my head. Yeah,
0: he got traded to the Titans.
1: He got traded to the Titans. So uh, we'll talk about Fitzmagic first. Total
0: upgrade from Ryan Tannehill. (laughs) Let's just call that a fact. Ryan Fitzpatrick is Ryan Fitzmagic. He, he's, going, he's going to lead the Dolphins to the playoffs. I'm just kidding. Dude, it's yeah. funny because, I mean, I've, we've said this twice now because we had to redo this. Yeah. Um, but, like, they, it would be so funny if they openly tanked. Yeah. Signed Ryan Fitzpatrick because they would want to lose, and then they win 10 games and make the playoffs, <laughs> and, like, they're like, now what do we do at quarterback? It's sign f- sign Fitzpatrick to a it's five-year, true. $100 million deal. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Um, I think he's on a two year deal right now. Oh, is it? Is yeah. it a two year deal? Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's obvious to me that the uh the uh Dolphins are tanking. Uh this does yeah. nothing for their team. I think scheme wise, you might see because Chad O'Shea is a expat, you might see a little bit more of a heavy passing team than anything else. Not that they, you know
0: A lot like, of screens though too. Yeah, if a it's, lot of screens. Yeah. So uh
1: Kenyon Drake might actually get an upgrade a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bump. Um, but Fitzmagic, I you know people are don't go out and draft Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, people, the <laughs> yeah, name's people, cool, pe- the people are going to awesome. be like,
0: you told us to take a a chance on a late round quarterback, <laughs> 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 and so I took Ryan Fitzpatrick, and now I'm yeah. zero and six in we're my gonna,
1: league. We're going to get mid season like complaints. Yeah, about when drafting. we said take don't, a late to a quarterback to quarterback, guys. We didn't
0: exactly mean Ryan Fitzmagic. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Don't go after Fitzpatrick. Not our fault. You suck at drafting quarterbacks late. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tannehill moves to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Ryan Tannehill will not be starting. He is the backup. Yeah, it's going to be Marcus Mariota to start the season. Um, so I mean, unless you know Tannehill wins steers, the job, yeah. steals the job. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. Brian Tannehill is is extremely talented. Um, or not extremely talented. I should you know, step, <laughs> yeah, step take back. a, a, a small, small step back small, take there. A step back, uh, but Tannehill—he he does have talent. He's bro. a very talented quarterback. He just his one problem has been a problem that I see a little bit brooding in a guy named Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, is that he gets injured quite a quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, he hasn't been able to stay on the field. When he was on the field, he was decent. I mean, the guy—you know—he threw, I think it was twenty-five to thirty touchdowns and four thousand yeah, I mean, yards. And, I mean, he was he was good. But it, it, right now he just he can't stay on the field. He can't stay healthy, and that was the biggest problem with the Dolphins. I'm surprised that uh, you know Adam Gase didn't make a phone call for his uh, pet project come back up, Sam Darnold. Ooh, that actually might have been something that they would have done. I don't know why they would have done that.
0: Like last year?
1: No, he's a Jets head coach now.
0: Right, but I'm saying like as the Dolphins like. When he was with the, the Dolphins, that they went, at the time when they had Adam Gates yeah, make a push for Sam Donald. Is that what you were trying to say?
1: Oh no, I was trying to say I'm surprised they didn't go after Ryan Tannehill as a backup for. Oh, Sam oh as a backup. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, but Tannehill, yeah, he's probably not going to start for Tennessee. Um, the problem is, I don't understand Marcus Mariota's injury prone too.
0: So I think Tannehill's too good to be backup. I think that's partly why the Jets yeah. didn't really go after him. I think, um, however, in a situation like the Titans or even the 49ers, that's kind of developing. Yep. Where you have a quarterback that's kind of fragile, Marcus Mariota. Yep. You do need a guy like Ryan Tannehill to come in because he's probably going to play like five or six games yeah. with Marcus Mariota as their quarterback because of the past few years they've had Blaine Gabbert step into that role. Yeah, That has not worked well. No, not in at all. A win- they, they were in a win-or-go-home scenario last year. <clears throat> Bless me. Oh. Wow! Wow! Just <laughs> sneeze right into the microphone, boss. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Anyway, they they had Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, just, I think he played in that game against the Colts. Yeah, I believe he did. Right, I think he started. Yeah. Now imagine you have Ryan Tannehill in that situ- situation. Yeah, it would have been way huge better. difference. Yeah, huge difference.
1: You just got to get. I, I think. I think. You know. I. I don't. I, I when I first saw the news break that Ryan Tannehill was traded to Tennessee, I was kind of confused because I was like.
0: I was too. No, I, I mean, I why still would they want
1: like, Ryan Tannehill? I'm still kind of like, why? Yeah, why do they want Ryan Tannehill? probably like,
0: why the Dolphins? I mean, I know why because they're they want to literally lose the next year. But so
1: since since the rise of the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles leading them to the Super Bowl and winning, people have really valued not. not I mean, in the past they valued the number two quarterback, but more more recently, more recently in the spotlight, people want that number two guy. They want that guy who can step in if somebody gets hurt um, and and play in that role. And so I think a guy like Ryan Tannehill could fill that void if you know um, Marcus Mariota does go down, which has been something that he's been prone to do in the past. So it's it, it could be a, a situation like that, or they're mm-hmm. just not really in on Marcus Mariota and they want to see if there's something something else there in Ryan Tannehill.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they got him cheap too.
1: Yeah, they got him real cheap. Uh and then the biggest uh the biggest free agent to drop this entire off season, the one we've been waiting for, yep, tweeting this about. This is the name. This is the name Blake Bortles signing with the Los Angeles Rams. He's going to start over Jared. No. <laughs> He's going to back up Jared Goff. Uh you, wish the Pats signed him. Blake Bortles. Blake I'm kidding. Yeah, wish the Pats signed. Him. Yeah. You talked about that for three straight weeks. I'm so glad he went to the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Blake Bortles went from being in the AFC Championship game and considered like this high end quarterback to
0: backing up. I don't know if he was Jared ever considered Goff. a high end quarterback because even when even was, when he got there, people were questioning him. Yeah, oh yeah, people were like, "What? This team is straight defense." Yeah, <laughs> but he was a quarterback that, like you said, led his yeah. team to the AFC Championship game. And now, he didn't lead him there. Well.
1: <laughs> the defense did.
0: He started on a team that went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. And now just two years later, just after one full season, he's now the backup of the Rams. And, like, honestly, I don't think any team was going to offer him a starting job. No, probably and not. That includes the Dolphins that I are literally trying
1: to, to lose. I thought he was going to go to the Giants.
0: Which I guess is a compliment. The
1: Dolphins were literally trying to lose. That's
0: why the Dolphins didn't sign Blake Portals. Yeah,
1: because they thought they would win. Because
0: they know they would win. What does that say
1: for Fitzpatrick?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's so unfortunate. I guess you could say the Dolphins don't believe in magic.
1: Yeah, they don't believe in magic. Uh, You know who does? Jacksonville. And why is that? Because they signed Nick Foles.
0: Oh, really? We'll
1: talk about that later. Uh, So let's move into uh, the free agency segment of the show, we'll talk about all the free agency news, all the trade news, uh, the effects of a player signing with a team or being traded to a team, uh, and how that impacts your fantasy team in 2019. Uh, far too many fantasy people overlook the implications of offseason moves uh, when drafting for the next year. Uh, we're going to discuss the major moves over the past few weeks, and uh, we won't discuss the defense or offensive line. No. Uh, so let's get to it. Le'Veon Bell. The biggest hat to drop in Fian... Uh, f-
0: <laughs> fantasy.
1: Fantasy. Uh, free agency. He moves from Pittsburgh to the New York Jets uh, for four years, 52.5 mil, 25 million guaranteed.
0: Wasn't exactly what he wanted. No, I believe his exact tweet was somebody said, Come to the Jets, we'll give you 60 mil <laughs> over four years. And he said, That ain't enough to get me on the <laughs> Jets. <laughs>
1: And then he signs with the Jets four years, 52 mil, 25. <laughs> he, he, uh, oh, what's funny is he deleted the tweet right before he signed the contract. So Oh, that. yeah. Yeah, what a clown. Uh, he skipped an entire season of football. Because he, he was, was partying was, in Miami. Yeah, because he's partying in Miami. And it's rumored that he he's now ballooned, quote, ballooned to 260. That's a little disconcerting if yeah, you're a Jets fan. A little bit. Um, it looks like he's been working out and getting into, sh- getting into shape. He said he's going to be ready for OTAs. So when, I'm not going to judge anything until that happens. Um, in terms of the fantasy implications for Le'Veon Bell going to the New York Jets, I think it, it's an interesting move because we've talked about how Le'Veon going to the Jets is a good move for him and for New York. Um, but it's kind of a hard situation because he hasn't played an entire year Uh people say he's overweight and there's a lot of question marks surrounding his play but on the other hand you have the only good piece offensively that the Jets really have is Sam Darnold they have Quincy Anunua Jamison Crowder and Chris Herndon as their main targets on the team and their offensive line is average Mm-hmm. So if Sam Darnold's got any targets to throw to, it's going to be Le'Veon Bell. If they're going to run the football, it's not going to be with Elijah Maguire, who I think they got rid of anyway. Uh, or if they
0: didn't, he's about to be yeah. <laughs> riding the bench all
1: year. But Le'Veon is the guy. He's going to get the targets. He's going to get the production. So on one hand, you have a guy who ballooned to 260, who may be out of shape and hasn't played a game of football and may not be in football shape by the time the season starts. And then on the other hand, you have a guy who's going to get a crap ton of reps. Um, And if he is the same guy that he was in Pittsburgh before he left, and he gets a crap ton of reps, then Le'Veon Bell's going to be a top three back.
0: Well, that's the key, I think, um, is if you believe Le'Veon Bell is the same guy, which I think is why it's very important to watch him in the preseason. Keep an eye on him in in OTAs, training camp. If your draft is a little early, though, I'd say take a risk because – like I think the best option for him was actually Baltimore, fantasy-wise. I think he would yeah. have exploded in Baltimore mm-hmm. just because I think they run the ball so much. And their much. offensive line is good. And their offensive line is good. I think the Colts would have probably been a little bit better. But yeah. the Jets is not a bad landing spot because, look, their offensive line isn't awful. And they have literally no weapons, which not only means they're <laughs> going to run the ball a lot to them. <laughs> He's going to get a lot of targets too. Yeah, Similar to uh, Saquon Barkley, I think, was getting like 10 targets a game with the Giants this past year. Yeah. like He's going to be that kind of guy in the Jets' offense. Yeah, he'll blow up. Even if the Jets like struggle this year, I think he will produce some decent numbers fantasy-wise yeah. because he is going to get the opportunity. Big time.
1: Uh, I said this earlier. Nick Foles has signed a contract, four years, $88 million, a lot of money with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is not the first time that this has happened. It's a lot of money, by the way. I don't even remember what happened before. Wasn't he on the Rams, and then he signed uh... with... I don't remember what team he was on, but he he went, He went. was on one team, blew up, then went and signed a big contract with another team, lost the job, went and signed with Philly. Actually, I think he was on the Eagles. He was a He beast. was originally
0: on the Eagles, yeah.
1: Originally on the Eagles, had a really good season, left, went to the Rams, fell apart, yep. and then he went back to the Eagles as the backup and now he's leaving the Eagles again and he's going to Jacksonville. So we've seen this story before. The question is how is it going to work out in Jacksonville? Uh, fantasy-wise, I'm not really buying in and uh you know, I mentioned this earlier, but I'm not really buying in on the Nick Foles hype uh in oh. the train of it's like It's kind of like
0: if take a late quarterback, take a <laughs> quarterback late. I took Nick Foles one. and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, okay. Well,
1: <laughs> all right, boss. <laughs> uh yeah, Nick Foles is not a guy you want to draft in fantasy. Um, but I think in terms of the fantasy implications for 2019, it's a really good move uh, for Leonard Fournette, and it shows you that the Jacksonville Jaguars really buy in on Leonard Fournette. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Leonard Fournette next week, but right, as of right now, Leonard Fournette is a fourth or fifth round ADP. Wow! And with him being that late, if he stays there, with him being that late in the draft, uh, you got it. You have to take him there. But you're also going to get a ton of reps out of this guy. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, just in a football perspective, Nick Foles, it's a good move for the Jacksonville Jaguars because he is a game manager. And if they run the football with with uh, Leonard Fournette, you're going to see, in, you know, an improvement in this team. And with a good defense,
0: this team could probably make the playoffs this year. I mean, I don't know about making the playoffs because I like the a- AFC South. I think that's a good division. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of money for Nick Foles, but... <laughs> I don't mind it because, as you said, he is a game manager. Yeah. I think he fits well with the team. I think his numbers might not be the best because they don't really have many weapons around him. And until right. they do, I don't know if they're going to be doing anything with that offense. Except for Leonard Fournette. I think Fournette will yeah. definitely put up numbers. Um, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. And I do, like I said, I think he's a game manager. So he will fit well with that offense. Yeah. Uh I, especially fantasy wise like stay away from him.
1: Yeah. And in terms of the wide receivers, I don't think it makes them any better. This is more likely to be a complete bust for Jacksonville, unfortunately. Um I I want to root for Nick Foles, but we've seen this story before with him and when he gets the number one starting role and he gets that job, it doesn't turn into anything good because he it's kind of like he loses all motivation. It's like, you know, he's playing for the Eagles, and, 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 you know, Carson Wentz is the guy. And he's coming in, and he's the backup, and he wants to play well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he comes out, and he does well. And then, you know, Carson Wentz takes the job back or whatever it is. But he's always had motivation. Now he's in Jacksonville. There's no one behind him. Like, he's right. the guy. Four years, 88000000 million, you're the guy. Uh, and if he doesn't turn out to be good, then... <laughs> Bye bye. Jacksonville, you screwed yourself. Go get Blake Although, Bortles back. I mean, I Trade for Blake Bortles.
0: <laughs> How can you give up on Blake Bortles for a guy like Nick Foles? You did it
1: uh, Let's move to Tevin Coleman. He signs with the San Francisco 49ers. Two years, $8.5 million. This is, uh, this is an extremely unfortunate situation for all of the running backs in San Fran. Uh, if you like any of these running backs, you should probably avoid them. Um, if you like Matt Breida, don't draft him. If you like Derek McKinnon, don't draft him. If you are somehow a believer in Raheem Mostart, and you're you're just you've you've, <sighs> you've been, been on, a fan <laughs> of him your whole life, you're just you've been on him since the beginning. Uh, don't draft him uh and and you know in terms of you know Tevin Coleman you probably shouldn't draft Tevin Coleman either no nope. like all of these guys are at best going to be on your bench and they're not going to break out. Tevin Coleman had all the opportunity in the world to break out and that's it like he's done he's not breaking out like it's over <laughs> he's sorry he's a
0: decent player he's a decent player um for and a good fit i think for San Francisco but fantasy wise no yeah. yeah he
1: he literally is coming in to play the Kyle Shanahan, Tevin Coleman role <laughs> <Yeah>. uh- <laughs> that he had when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. So I think it's a good role. It's unfortunate to see for a guy like Jarek McKinnon, who, yeah. who the last couple years has been expected to take that leap forward as, a, as an RB1 uh, for fantasy and in real life. Uh, and unfortunately, he has succumbed to so many injuries. Right, and he got—I think he got injured in the preseason this past yep. year. So for Jarek McKinnon, it's 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 extremely unfortunate, and a lot of people still had him very high, very high, yeah, on their draft boards. He's and, still
0: high. Oh yeah, I think he's fifth round ADP. Oh, that's crazy.
1: And uh, he like when you look back at his numbers, he's never been. No. He hasn't shown any any implications does, that he's gonna be a beast. Yeah.
0: It does stink for him. I mean he's never been R B one on any team. Gets the chance with San Francisco, gets the big yeah. deal, then tears his ACL and now will probably never get the chance again. Yeah. Um I mean there's still a chance they trade Matt Pareda and he is I think the R B one and then Coleman's kinda of the R B two. I think that's still yeah. a possibility. But I think it's kind of likely that they're gonna cut McKinnon yeah. or trade McKinnon and go with Matt Burita. I think is gonna be the guy. I
1: think it's because Burita showed that he could probably stay on the field longer than than Jarek McKinnon. Uh, and the fact that Burita has actually showed that he can produce. Yeah. And I think I think that's unfortunately I think that's what Kyle Shanahan is thinking. Um, but if you're looking at San Francisco right now, until you get some clarification on what what the roles are gonna be and how often they're going to use certain – like if they use Matt Breida similar to how Shanahan used Devonta Freeman when he was coaching the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. then you could see Breida being a guy that's definitely an RB1 uh, or or RB2. On, I, I would rather say RB2, sorry. Yeah, uh-huh. RB2. Sorry, not RB1, but an RB2 on your fantasy team. Uh, but I I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll probably be split between Coleman and and Brita and Jarek McKinnon to go find another team. Unfortunately for McKinnon, he has kind of lost all fantasy value because he's not going to go out and start for a team at this point. It's not going to happen.
0: Now, Um, what if um, the 49ers trade Brita and McKinnon is kind of the guy with Coleman? Does he still have some value at that point? Because I think he does. I would think
1: he he would definitely have value, but I find that highly unlikely. His fifth
0: round... I think it's, I wouldn't say highly, but I do think it's less likely the fifth two, round's too high. Yeah,
1: it's way too high.
0: Sixth or seventh, still too high. Okay, interesting.
1: I just uh, I think that backfield is so loaded up. Like they really do. I, I. It sounds crazy for saying this, but they really do like uh, Raheem Mostert. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy because they just resigned him. I too. think.
0: Sixth round, seventh round might be a little too high for McKinnon, but yeah, if he if he is the RB one with San Francisco, I, I yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But I don't think that's too out of the realm. And it's kind of
1: it's kind of been you know two guys that I've noticed jump up draft boards very very high the last year uh, or two as Ben, Jarek McKinnon and Darius Geis. Darius yeah. Geis coming in as a rookie second round pick last year, uh, he was one of the favorite running backs in the class. And he tore his ACL in the preseason as well, and didn't play a snap. And right now, Geis is going high, fourth round, fourth round. And you know you have Jarek McKinnon going high. And these two guys haven't shown you anything to make you believe that okay, this guy's going to be a beast. You know what I mean? It's like the same. It's shooting in the dark with Darius Geis this year. It's 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 the same as drafting Royce Freeman. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that that Darius Geis is going to be a bust because I hope he isn't. I like Darius Geis, but. A guy like him is just a young, young running back in the NFL right now, and he could turn into a Royce Freeman. Yeah. And so it's like just rookie running backs, unless they're as good or has as much opportunity as Saquon Barkley, you're not drafting them. Like even Saquon Barkley. He was, you know, he had all the talent in the world. He's a really good running back, but he was taken a little bit further back in the first round, seventh, seventh, sixth or seventh pick. Yeah, and now he's he's arguably the first overall running back uh, in fantasy redraft leagues next year. And it's like you have that situation because people don't a you you know it's it's a good thing not to trust rookie running backs, but rookie running backs you just don't know what you're getting.
0: This past year is a hard example though, yeah, because there were a lot of rookie running backs that succeeded. However. There were some that didn't succeed. There was a lot of rookie running backs that win the draft. But, like, people are going to say, like, oh, Sonny Michel, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb. Like, there were guys that succeeded. But people were high on um, Ronald Barber, I think his name is. Right? The uh, 49—the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Uh, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, sorry. People were high on him. People were high on Rashard Penny. They were taking him in, like, the fifth round. Yep. He obviously was nowhere near to be found. And people were also high on uh, Royce Freeman. Rolls Royce, Rolls Royce, and he didn't like. I we still like him in the real NFL, but fantasy wise, yeah. last year he was he just a complete. and now he could take over. Yeah, like
1: I don't know if that'll happen because he was that second round pick, and I don't know how much they buy into Philip Lindsay yet. We'll see that in the preseason, but regardless, you, you know, if you're drafting, I am not going after Jarek McKinnon. I'm not going after Darius Geis in in, in drafts because I. I have them, you know, I'm going to have them ranked in my top 25 in running backs. Well, figuring where Jarek McKinnon goes and whatever that situation is. But Darius Guy's going to be in my top 25 running backs. But the question is why? You know what I mean? Like, what what is the reason to have them so high? I mark them as buyer beware because I don't believe rookie running backs or young running backs can produce at an extreme level, especially coming off big injuries like that. So it's unfortunate to see what's happening in San Francisco right now. Tevin Coleman really is the epitome of uh, all things not good for <laughs> San Francisco. Uh, I would avoid the entire backfield. Yeah, even agreed. those even those Maperia truthers trying to draft Maperia, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Golden Tate. He. Uh, Left Philly after he he was on the Detroit Lions start last year, traded to the Philadelphia Eagles didn't work out. Now he signs with the New York Giants after they trade Odell Beckham. He signs a four year, thirty seven and a half million dollar deal. Yikes. What is what is with Dave Gettleman and signing ridiculous contracts for wide receivers? I,
0: I don't know what the Giants are doing. This movie <laughs> this movie is literally just like money. Like oh look, we spent money on a player, yeah, and just so that their cap doesn't look terrible. Um. You know my feelings on Eli at this point. I don't. I <laughs> really, think. I really don't think Eli is that good anymore. So, I mean, fantasy wise, I'm. I know Golden Tate might be the yeah. WR one right now, right. for The Giants. I'm still staying far away from him because yeah. I don't think he's going to produce that well.
1: I mean, in the past, he has. Last year, he didn't have a terrible year um, on his two teams. He's a good wide receiver, but he's a little bit on the older side. And uh, by a he little is. bit, I mean him a lot of it. So, <laughs> Golden Tate is old. He only showed that he can produce for three seasons. And being the number one wide receiver, he's going to get the targets. He's going to get Odell Beckham targets. That's that's what, like, you brought him in. That's what he's going to do. You pay him four years. I don't know in, if he's
0: going. I think Sterling Shepard's going to get a little bit more. And I think Evan Ingram's going to get a little bit more as well. Yeah. I think Golden Tate will still probably have the most targets, but I don't know about yeah. Odell targets. I just think when you're paying
1: a guy four years, 37500000 million, you're going to instruct the coaching staff to probably throw it to Colton Tate. That's kind of my thing. If you're going to pay a guy that much, you're probably going to use him. Um, I don't think that the Giants believe that they suck yet. Which is unbelievable. They actually improved defensively this offseason, and their offensive line has shown improvement. So I think that they still think they can win with, with uh, Eli, which is, you know, it's a possibility. Okay. <laughs> that we every year people count Eli Manning out.
0: You know, it's funny, I actually don't think he's the worst quarterback in the division, though. Because the Redskins currently do not ha Redskins Cole currently Colt McCoy, right. Oh God. So I will say yeah. that. That is the one thing I positive I'll say about Eli Manning. Yeah. Uh
1: in terms of Golden Tate, I'm probably not going to draft him. I like drafting guys who are a little bit younger and healthier. Um and Golden Tate's not a guy. Uh, especially last year. You had a young quarterback, you know, Carson Wentz who could get you the ball, and it it just wasn't working. It felt like they were forcing the ball to Golden Tate, and Golden Tate wasn't converting. So, to me, you're going to get a lot of forcing the ball to Golden Tate this year, and if it doesn't work out, it's really not going to work out. So, I'm not, like, if you're you're looking for a wide receiver, there are guys, especially where Golden Tate's getting drafted, there are guys that you can draft. I would rather draft a young sleeper at a spot like that. DK (laughs) Metcalf? Stop. (laughs) Stop. Uh, then draft Golden Tate. Um, so there's, uh, you know, I mean that's a that's an obscene contract. Giants needed to get a wide receiver, I guess. Uh, the next guy, Deshaun Jackson, traded to the Eagles for a 2019 sixth round pick. The Eagles also receive a seventh rounder in 2020. Your um, boy, yeah, my boy Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, I just discussed Carson Wentz a second ago. My boy gets uh, gets Deshaun Jackson. And uh, he also has, uh, you know, Zach Ertz and uh, Elshon Jeffrey. And so now he's got a lot of targets. Uh, I felt, at the end of the season last year, I kind out of felt out of, out of love with Carson. I love you, Carson Wentz. I've always loved you. But uh, I, I kind of collapsed on Carson Wentz last year because he had Golden Tate. He had some of these really good wide receivers, but he wasn't converting on them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I think it just his numbers didn't reflect the talent that he had on the team, and it was kind of making me nervous. But now with the addition of Deshaun Jackson, I think he's going to be the the wide receiver one. I think I that
0: don't know about that. the second but...
1: wide receiver is going to be Alshon Jeffrey, and the third guy is probably going to be Nelson Angalore. And so you have those three guys, talent very talented, with Zach Ertz. I think that that he's got all of the guys around him except for mm-hmm. a running back, with the, which they'll probably figure out. Uh, but they got some of the guys around them to really grow and boost their team uh, for the future, and I think that you know, obviously Carson Wentz gets a major boost. So I'm I'm going to be drafting Carson Wentz if I have an opportunity. <laughs> oh, I know you are. If if he's not
0: too high, um, he's gonna
1: he's gonna be too high. Unfortunately,
0: I like I like this move for Carson Wentz. I kind of disagree with you though. I, I don't think Deshaun Jackson is going to be the number one receiver in Philly. I think he's probably going to be the number two or three. I think not Chan- three. I think there's a chance. Honestly, I think there's a chance to give him the number. I- Carson Wentz loves himself some And and I- honestly, but uh, like he's going to be <laughs> the third option though, because I think Zach Ertz will be the first. Yeah, I think Je- oh, Alshon Jeffrey, when he's out there, will be the second. Yeah, and then Jackson will be the third-ish kind of option. Yeah, so I, I still wouldn't really draft Jackson. I'd stay away from him. Yeah, I'm not drafting um, Jackson. Either. But from Carson Wins' standpoint, that's another solid weapon. I mean, he's got weapons, right? if he doesn't produce this year yikes. <laughs> yeah i'm hoping that he goes back
1: to his uh 2017 campaign i think he campaign. will
0: i um, don't know about quite like mvp was, level he, but
1: if he if he had that he would have finished as a top 5 quarterback which would have been spectacular for him um, i think he
0: will be like a top 6 fantasy quarterback though
1: i agree with you though i'm avoiding deshaun jackson in fantasy leagues um i think like i said he's a he's a high end wide receiver 3 Low-end wide receiver two. I think he's more likely to finish as a wide receiver three next year. And I think with those numbers, he's not going to be...
0: Carson Wentz um, right now is in eighth round, or he's a ninth round pick. Eighth quarterback off the board. Yeah. Which I think is, I'd take him there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I think, I think, I don't know, in the future... Oh, man, you are... Uh,
0: I think it's the cat allergy. <laughs> yeah,
1: Probably. Uh, but anyway, so Deshaun Jackson, yeah, guy, he's a guy I'm avoiding. Uh, Mark Ingram signed a three-year, $15 million deal with the Baltimore Ravens after Latavius Murray signed a contract uh, with the New Orleans Saints, four years, 14.5 mil. Uh, we're going to talk about these two guys together. First, Latavius Murray signing with New Orleans. Uh, that basically triggered Mark Ingram to sign with Baltimore. Uh, which I thought was interesting. I don't hmm. understand the Latavius Murray over Mark Ingram thing. I think that if you're if you're if you're New Orleans and you're this is it, like it's probably your last chance at, at having a real shot at winning a Super Bowl for a couple of years, uh, at least until a guy like Teddy Bridgewater grows into a role like that. If they hope, yeah, which is yeah.
0: I don't, I don't know how likely
1: that is but this is like this is like Drew Brees' last thing and like and you and you let Mark Ingram go because you think he's a little bit cheaper which I mean would you because you think Latavius Murray is a little bit cheaper which he is but it's not like he's any better you know what I mean like you you downgrade I, it big time you,
0: you did downgrade but I think Murray is a, like he's a bigger running back to Kamara who's a kind of a smaller running back yeah. like I don't mind the fit I think they he does fit well he in the the team. But yeah. yeah, no, I mean you did. It doesn't make sense. You had Ingr- Mark Ingram. Ingram was the better of the two running backs. It was
1: almost like, oh, we'd rather have a cheaper version of Mark Ingram at, at a, like a less talented version.
0: Now, but would you rather have Latavius Murray instead of Mark Ingram if you can upgrade now at like somewhere like defense or offensive line? Uh yeah, probably. Right. So I think that's probably their plan. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, that if would you're be Saints my guess.
1: Fans. Uh, in terms of Latavius Murray, he's older running back, always been kind of a fringe running back three. Uh, and so I've never, you know, maybe uh, he falls into the RB4s all the time. So I would definitely be avoiding Latavius Murray um, next year. Don't, don't even bother drafting Latavius Murray. That's a waste of time. Yeah. In terms of New Orleans, that's great news for Alvin Kamara. Oh, Alvin yeah. Kamara has literally gone from being my fourth fifth or sixth back to now my like third you know second or third because yeah. when he didn't have Mark Ingram last year, he was good he was really good. he had that stretch of four games when Mark Ingram was suspended.
0: he's number three right now. would you say that's about fair?
1: Yeah, very fair um, <clears throat> I agree that's, with that' that's yeah. where I would put him because it's right now to me it's it's I hate to put i don't know I, I'm not going to do this right now. Oh, I'm gonna, do gonna do it? start ranking guys, and I I shouldn't do Elliot one. Yeah, no, <laughs> freak me on Elliot one. Uh, I I still haven't decided on Todd Gurley. We'll talk about that next week, though. Uh, but Latavius Murray, yeah, it's great news for Alvin Kamara because it's obviously going to mean that Alvin Kamara is going to get a significant amount of carries and a significant amount of looks in the passing game, uh, and so he becomes that. High-end running back one now. Instead of being the middle of the pack running back one, he's now a high-end running back one. And I would love to have Alvin Kamara on my team. Like if I'm a mid, a mid first round pick, I'm taking Alvin Kamara. Like, yeah. and if he's on the board at five, I'm taking him in a second. I if I'm three, I might even take him because I, Kamara is is that good. I definitely take a look at him. Um, but in terms of Latavius Murray, just don't even bother. Uh, Mark Ingram. <laughs> Love Did it. sign with Baltimore, and I absolutely love this deal. I think it's a great move for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think that you know they had so many question marks with Alv- Alex Collins and Gus Edwards and that third running back they had whose name escapes me. Um, but now you have Mark Ingram. You get solidification, and I'm a Mark Ingram truther. You know that. You are, yeah. I love Mark Ingram. And I think Mark Ingram is going to be – he could finish as a R- low-end RB1, high-end RB2, and I've always believed that if Mark Ingram is by himself, he's going to be able to produce. He averages four or five yards a carry in his statistics when, when, when he starts, when he plays. Like He averaged four to five yards a carry. So if he's getting the production that he's going to get with Baltimore, he's going to produce RB, low-end RB1 numbers. That's just what I think. Now, that's a high estimation on Mark Ingram, but for a guy that you can get in the fifth or sixth round, I love that move. You know because he can be an actual, he can be a great flex for your team. In Baltimore, it's it's fantastic for him. A huge, huge. Yeah, move. I mean,
0: you take it from me. Who's someone who's kind of the opposite of you? I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm the opposite because I don't mind Mark Ingram. I just don't think he's anything special. Yeah. Um, however, I love this. Absolutely love this fantasy wise and yeah for Baltimore. I think he's a good fit for Baltimore they're going to be and for fantasy wise they're going to be running the ball like 70% of the time. Oh yeah. Mark even if Gus Edwards the Gus Bus is still going to get a lot of carries. Mark Ingram will still get a lot of carries. Oh yeah. They're both going to get a lot of carries. And currently right now he's projected as a 6th round pick. I think that's a steal. Oh yeah, big time. I mean, he he has RB2 written all over him to me. Yeah. Um you know, there's obviously a chance that he won't be that because it is Baltimore, and I don't know about Mark Ingram still, but if you believe in Mark Ingram like you do, and even for someone from me who doesn't even believe in Mark yeah. Ingram, I'm still six round, heck yeah. He's a, guy, he's a guy you should be buying. At least because right now if you're taking him in six round, that's your flex. Yeah, big time. That is a really, really solid flex. Yeah, definitely,
1: especially with the reps. Um, number eight, Adrian Peterson. We talked a little bit about Darius Geis. Uh, Adrian Peterson signs a two-year, $8 million deal. If you love Darius Geis, you better hope that Adrian Peterson is a full time backup that only plays on third downs because gets like five carries a game. Yeah, gets like maybe a little bit more than that, maybe ten. <laughs> but um but Darius Geis takes a little bit of a hit here with the Adrian Peterson uh re signing with Washington. Uh because Adrian Peterson last year was actually relatively good when the he when was he, when he was playing well. Um He's not a in good the fantasy first half option of the year. for people to look at. No. Yeah. But when you're talking about Adrian Peterson, he's a guy that could actually early in the season steal the job kind of from Darius Geis. And then towards the back end of the season, you might see Geis come out a little bit more. I don't like this for Washington. I think they needed to just go fully behind Darius Geis and say, okay, we're going to do this. And they might be doing that. Don't get me wrong. But, Adrian Peterson being on the team doesn't help Darius Geis' value, and if I'm looking at drafting Darius Geis, I'm kind of nervous because they, Adrian Peterson signed with this team, and now you don't know what you're going to get f- and, you know, in terms of carries and and, and uh, reps for yeah. Darius Geis.
0: I mean, I'm not a big Darius Geis fan anyway, and this doesn't really help either because yeah. I do think if you're paying Adrian Peterson $4 million a year, I mean, that's obviously not a lot, but... Considering what he did last year for the team, he's still going to get a decent amount of carries. Right. What I do like about the Redskins and Darius Geis, though, is similar to the Ravens; they are going to run the ball a lot. Yeah. So even if Peterson gets a decent amount of carries, Darius Geis, I think will also get, will still get a solid amount of carries. Yeah. I'm just not completely sold on him as a player. Oh yeah, yet.
1: I think I think um, you know a lot of people overreacting about a second round pick. Yeah, and I think I think that he's going to be good. He is. Ronald Jones one. is a second round pick. I think I think the you know there. The, yes, it's important to look at. Okay, is this guy going to get reps? And this is why I think Darius Geis is avoidable, because last year people were looking at Ronald Jones and they yeah. were saying, okay, Ronald Jones, second round pick. He obviously has the talent. You know, they didn't think Pey- Peyton Barber would be a problem and they were like, this guy is the guy. He's going to start in you know Tampa, and he's yeah. going to be the number one guy. And if he's the number one guy who was drafted in the second round, he's going to get the reps, he's going to get the carries, and he's going to turn into something real good. And so people were hoping that Ronald Jones would be that guy. He busted out because, for some reason, the team decided to go with the crappy Peyton Barber. <laughs> um, Peyton Barber blew. <laughs> but Adrian Peterson, it's the same situation with Darius Geis that – you know, if Darius Geis was getting the full work, he was going to become the workhorse back. He has the talent to produce, which is why he's getting drafted higher because he's like that. It's the same. It's the same reason why Damian, uh, what is it, Damian Williams in KC? Yeah, he's getting drafted high, and the reason why he's getting drafted high is because he's the number one See, back.
0: The difference between those two, though, I think right now Williams is going in the sixth round. Yeah, Gase is going in the fourth round. But Williams is playing in a Kansas City offense. Yeah. Guys is playing in a Washington Redskins offense. Right. I think that's a big difference between the two. Like Williams is going to get probably like a solid amount of receptions. As of right now, I think it's going to change. They'll probably draft a running back. But yeah. if they run with Williams, like that's going to be I think he'll be solid. But like guys, on the other hand, is he going to get many receptions? And if he does, probably not going to be for a lot of yards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Big time. Like he'll he'll probably have a solid amount, like standard leagues, I think he'll probably be fine. Yeah. But like PPR and half PPR, I'm not I'm not sold yet. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um so Mike Davis signed, he moves from Seattle to Chicago, two years, six mil. Mike Davis signing with the Chicago Bears spells bad things for Jordan Howard. That's one. And two, it opens up opportunities for Rashad Penny and Chris for Carson. Chris Carson, which is great for Seattle. It makes me want to draft Seattle running backs a little more than I did before, which was basically none. So, <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, I might do that. Uh, for Chicago, they're going to be cutting or trading Jordan Howard. That's inevitable. Um, and where he go, he might end up. I I would say I would have a, a good spot for him in my mind would be Philadelphia. Um, but I just don't see him as as unless he goes to Philly. I don't see Jordan Howard being a number one back anymore. Uh, I was going to if he stayed with Chicago, I was going to be drafting him probably in the seventh or eighth round as like, a okay, this guy may be, you know, turning into what he did two years ago. But Mm -hmm. it's unlikely that that happens Um, in terms of Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. Great news. We just have to figure out which guy they want to use. If they continue with Chris Carson next season because he was really good, then Chris Carson's the guy. Uh, But Rashad Penny was also drafted extremely high for the Seattle offense to move forward with him it wouldn't it would make sense but it would also be like there's just so many question marks surrounding Seattle's running back situation that you kind of have to figure out what it is but you got to figure out less now because Mike Davis is not there so that's good news <laughs> true
0: and uh, i think for the bears standpoint i actually don't mind this because i think Tyreek, for Tyreek Cohen yeah um Tariq Cohen sorry he Tariq. is he's a baller in my opinion human joystick Stop but it. <laughs> It's like with Jordan Howard there. I think there is a better chance of them splitting. Yeah. Or if not Jordan Howard, maybe even getting more carries. Mike Davis, I don't think you're going to have to worry about that. I think Mike Davis will get a solid amount of carries, but he's not going to overpower Tariq Cohen. Yeah. So I I don't mind this for the Bears in it. I I don't think Jordan Howard's going to be a bear for much longer. Either, yeah. So definitely, I,
1: I think I don't think Tariq Cohen can be a workhorse. Um, no,
0: I don't think he can either. But if he's getting. Fifteen to twenty-ish, and Mike Davis is getting ten carries. Yeah, I think that'll that'll be fine. And then Cohen will also obviously be a big yeah player in the receiving game as well. Right.
1: So I think it's good things for Seattle. Jordan Howard also you know also gone, but uh, we'll see what happens in the Chicago backfield in the future. They might be grabbing some new guys. Uh, Devin Funches signed with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, this is actually good news for. Uh, Andrew Luck, and for the Colts' offense. They finally get somebody who can actually catch the freaking ball. Yeah, um, That's <laughs> step number one. Uh, and two, it, it opens up some opportunities for, I think, T.Y. Hilton to grow as a wide receiver. I don't know if I want to go out and try to grab Devin Funches and put him on my fantasy team and hope that he turns into something because he's just not going to. Um, but I think inside the Indianapolis Colts' offense, I think he'll work really well. It'll open up opportunities for Andrew Luck and probably improve his game. And if you're into drafting quarterbacks early, you could probably go out and draft Andrew Luck. Um, but in terms of T.Y. Hilton, I think it's going to really improve T.Y.'s game because it's going to take – he's been the only guy in mm-hmm. Indy. He's been and he's been hurt guy. for half of the time. And he's been hurt half the time. So if he can stay healthy for a full season and he's got Devin Funches. I think they're going to start – Devin Funches and, and, uh, and, you know, the two tight ends are going to start pulling some guys away, and I think it'll open up T.Y. a little bit in the passing game. Um, so it's really good news I, for T.Y. Hill. I really
0: like the move. Devin Funchess, I think, is a much better receiver than what they had. Yeah. And as a number two guy, I mean, it's solid. They still don't have, like, a star, really, on that offense, but I don't know if they necessarily need one. Um this Though it is a very good move, and it helps their depth as well. Yeah, and it's something that Luck really needed. It's just a solid, stable receiver in that offense. Yeah, big time.
1: Uh, I do like the, the Funchess move. I just want to get to some other moves quickly before we close out the show. Just give your quick thought on them. All right. You um, want to bang
0: him out real quick? Yeah.
1: John Brown, Cole Beasley signing with the Buffalo Bills. Good
0: depth helps Josh Allen. Nothing yeah. crazy, though.
1: Yeah. Nothing <laughs> nothing big. Uh, that's as good as you could do.
0: But not bad, honestly.
1: Not bad. I, I think it's a good move for them. Obviously, you know, all the people who love Zay Jones and Robert Foster, they're not going to get yeah. those big guys that they wanted.
0: Kind of similar to the Colts offense where they don't have, like, a guy. Yeah. But now, I mean, they probably have more depth receiver wise yeah. than the Colts do.
1: That's great news for Josh Allen though. Josh Allen yeah. definitely he's he's moving up on my sleeper board. Uh, just with those two additions, it's not huge additions. They paid way too much money for him, but it's guys that will really help their offense. Uh, it's the same situation in New York. They add Jamison Crowder, um,
0: the good Jets slot receiver. Yeah,
1: good good slot receiver. You're getting a good uh, you're getting a good return, and Sam Darnold's going to get. He's a good yeah. receiver. And You're now you, starting you could, to see, you know, uh, you Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. You're getting some pieces for Sam Darnold to show some improvement.
0: You could argue they have three kind of legitimate receivers: Robbie Anderson, uh, Anunwiwa, and now Teamson Crowder. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. As far as Anunwiwa lovers, uh, he's yeah, he's worthless now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say worthless, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really trust any Jets receivers. So. Yeah, that's
1: true. Um, Adam Humphries uh, is is one of the biggest wide receivers left to talk about. Uh, he signed a. I don't even know what he signed, but he went to Tennessee. I think uh, it was
0: four years, $29 million Yeah, something like that.
1: Head. That is a completely worthless deal. <laughs> and it's a completely worthless I, okay, player. If you are drafting Adam Humphreys early, you are wasting your time. Fantasy
0: wise, it is completely worthless. I don't mind it um, for the Titans. For the titans yeah. yeah, They might have overpaid a little bit, but he's a solid depth receiver. Um, but oh, yeah, fantasy wise, no, no don't, way. Stay away from Adam He's Humphreys. going in like the 10th round right now.
1: Dirk Cutter and Jameis Winston threw the ball a crap ton to Adam Humphreys last year. And, it and showed, just in general. It just in general. And it showed a lot in his fantasy numbers, and a lot of people were looking at him and want him to be really good this year, and it shows in his ADP. But the problem is, is that he's going from an offense that passed the right, ball a 100%, lot yep. to an offense that's going to run the ball a lot, and it's not going to translate for Humphreys. I mean, you look at Corey Davis. He's been trying to break
0: out for years. Corey Davis is a great receiver. He's a
1: great receiver, but hasn't broken out. So Humphreys is gonna be a problem there. Uh Tyrell Williams signed with the Oakland Raiders. Good,
0: good. I really like this move. Um good, good I don't know receiver if, too. I think you said earlier the money was a little if crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's whatever, but the Raiders just don't care about money anymore. So I mean <laughs> they're like freak me. <laughs> I mean their offense is starting to come together. Honestly. Like it Oh yeah, definitely it looks decent. Definitely He's complimentary piece for Antonio Brown. I don't mind it.
1: Yeah, and Dante Moncrief signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he's going to probably be the third Antonio guy. Brown's replacement. Yeah, Antonio Brown's replacement. Um, James Washington uh, was their second-round pick uh, last year or two years ago. So Moncrief's probably going to fill the third role, but it's a question of which guy's going to take off as the number two receiver. So my guess is it probably will be James Washington next yeah. to Juju and uh, Juju. Uh, James Washington can actually put up Juju numbers. So keep an eye on that situation. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about that in the future. Um, and then as far as tight ends, I thought CJ Uzama re-signing with the Bengals would really uh, key in Tyler Eifert not returning. But Tyler Eifert does return, signs a contract one year with the Bengals. So they cancel each other out. They cancel each other out. Uh, With, you know, if Andy Dalton ends up staying and they don't trade him away, Tyler Eifert becomes a top six or seven tight end. Do you think so? I think so because the tight end, you know, position is so much, there's so much trash in it right now. (laughs) So uh I think he could finish in the top 6 next year. I think he's a guy that you should definitely at least take a look at, he's, especially if I he's think not he's going undrafted. Drafted. Yeah, especially if he's not getting drafted. So, um CJ Uzama is a guy if you're in dynasty to really take a look at um because in the future if if they do end up having a quarterback and their offense looks good, I think Uzama is going to be a good tight end. I actually think it's a little bit I'm not actually I, I'm kind of changing my tune a little bit. I don't know if I want to draft Tyler Eifert. I'm just remembering now that their new head coach doesn't throw it to tight ends. Yeah. Remember that stat I told yep. you? He throws it to offensive linemen to tight ends.
0: Even though I it could be boring that. sometimes, you do have to keep track of new head coaches. I
1: think Tyler Eifert is going to be a a an interesting guy to take a look at because he's always so, been good, but he's not, he's he, not going to be that guy. I
0: would say I wouldn't really go out of my way to get him, but it, it, right now he's currently going undrafted. So I, yeah. I definitely would take a look at him. In the way t- the yeah,
1: definitely. Especially if he's going to turn into a good player. So, um, that concludes our free agency breakdown for the 2019 off season. So far, there's still guys to, you know, for the hat to drop on some guys, J. he met with the Colts, um, and some other moves, so we'll keep you up to date with those as the Jordan Howard goes potentially along. going to a new team. Yeah, Jordan Howard potentially going to a new team, but that concludes the craziness that was the last couple of weeks. Um, teams have been completely changed. Over the next month and a half, we're going to see uh, the the NFL draft, and after the NFL draft, that's when you get a clear picture yeah. of what you're going to see for a team. Like this, that's it, and that, that's, that's kind of
0: when. Uh, fancy drafts start to begin, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, way too early fantasy drafts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so make sure you listen next week. We're going to talk about running backs in the series All That Glitters. will break down the top 10 to 15 running backs and, uh, and give you advice on what you should do with guys like Saquon Barkley for next season.
0: Yep, running backs matter. Yeah, it's my favorite They are the most important position in fantasy football. I've been told I'm obsessed with running backs, but it's okay. You have been, and you are obsessed with running backs, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. Because you're going to want to listen next week because running backs do matter in fantasy football the most. Big time.
1: Uh, Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure you follow us and like us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe and uh, scroll down and leave a review on our podcast uh, and see you next week fantasy champions
0: peace out thank you for listening to the fantasy
1: champions podcast make sure you subscribe on itunes and youtube and follow us on twitter at the ff Champs.